Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Let us solve your toughest communication problems and leave your team stronger and more capable for the challenges that lie ahead. Visit www.provisionadvisors.net to learn more. Hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Sing Second Sports Podcast. It's Tulsa Week. I am your host, John Schofield, former PAO at the U.S. Naval Academy, proud Villanova grad, and someone expecting Navy to turn it around on Saturday. We'll get to that later. Joining me is Capital Gazette and Baltimore Sun sports reporter Bill Wagner, fresh off of his 225-yard three-wood at Steamboat Springs over the weekend after the Air Force loss. He was able to get in some R&R and work on his senior PGA Tour card at the same time. Let's get right into it. As we record this, the SpaceX rocket is currently going into space with Nicole Anapu Mann on board, uh, the class of 99 grad, Marine Corps colonel, former Navy women's soccer stud, and she is up there doing her thing with SpaceX, and we are very, very proud as this pod kicks off, that she is up there doing her thing for NASA and SpaceX. Congrats to Nicole. But Wags, let's get into the opening kickoff here. Navy and Tulsa meet for the 10th time overall and the 8th time as AAC foes when they square off on Saturday afternoon at 3.30 at Navy Marine Corps Stadium. Navy enters right on the heels of that tough loss to Air Force, a game that they should have had. Just like the game against Delaware, they should have had. The game against Memphis, they probably should have had. Um, So this is now, I don't know, in a must-win territory, not only for the American Athletic Conference, but just for the health of their season. The Mids are currently in fourth place in the AAC with a one-and-one record, while Tulsa is one of four conference teams that stands at 0-1 in AAC play. Wags, let's, let's kick it to you right now. Tulsa's going to come in hungry for that first AAC win. How are they going to get it? Well, I think this is a crucial game, John, because you've already lost two home games. You cannot lose a third home game this season. Um, I think this is favorable for Navy because Navy has enjoyed success against Tulsa. Uh, This just been like East Carolina. This is a program that Navy has beaten relatively consistently. This series is 7-2 to in favor of Navy. Remember, again, that this was one of Navy's great wins last year out there in Tulsa, Oklahoma, pulled out a 20 to 17 victory. So I'm very hopeful that Tulsa is the remedy and get Navy a win here at home. Um, Tulsa's a pretty good team, and we can talk a little bit more about the X's and O's if you want, John. Yeah, so Wags, you know, kind of funny. The last time that um, that we played Tulsa, you know, at home was in front of no fans, I think, uh, during COVID. So kind of a new experience there. I am always a big quarterback guy, and you guys know that I am even more so a quarterback name guy. And, you know, it gets no better than Holton Aylers, but it's a little bit, you know, the silver medal stand is Davis Brin. Uh, Davis Brin, the redshirt senior, He is Tulsa's quarterback, and he leads a very good offense. However, you know, he's got 12 touchdowns on the year and about 1,500 yards, which puts him, like, in the top 20 nationally. However, he's a little dinged up. He's got an ankle injury, not sure if he's going to play. They have a very capable backup in Braylon Braxton, who is also an awesome quarterback name. But what do you think here with Tulsa being number 10 in the nation in passing offense, Wags, and our defense kind of doing the bend but no break you know, being like kind of the face of Navy football this year, I think that's where the game is won in the X's and O's with Navy on defense. Maybe they get a score and shock the world. Well, yeah, you know, it would be great if, for Navy if Davis Brin cannot go. Um, Braylon Braxton, as great a quarterback name as that is, is only a redshirt freshman. And I would think that Navy defensive coordinator Brian Newberry could kind of confuse a young quarterback like that with all of his exotic formations and personnel shifting and blitzes. So I, I think it would be great for Navy if Davis Brent cannot go because he's such a veteran guy. He's not going to, you know, he's seen it all. Uh, he will not be as uh, 
you know, plussed by the uh, various things that Brian Newberry does to confuse quarterbacks. Um, Tulsa has a great receiver, John. Keelan Stokes has been around forever. It's another one of these guys. He's a graduate student. I mean, I feel like I've been writing about him for five years, and it's because I have. Um, but he's a good one, and he is on his way. Do you remember Howard Twilly that played for the Miami Dolphins? Of course, yeah. Well, he is Tulsa's all-time leading receiver, which is saying something because Drew Pearson, who played for the Cowboys, is a Tulsa grad. But this guy, Keelan Stokes, is, is very much in reach of becoming Tulsa's all-time leading receiver for receiving yards, passing the great Howard Twilly. So uh, Keelan Stokes is a guy you've got to keep an eye on. They got another good receiver in Juan Carlos Santana. And they've got a Kentucky transfer who's pretty talented, Isaiah Epps, uh, who has four touchdown receptions. So very, very good team. Now, here's an interesting uh, element to the game, John. Time of possession. And Kenny Matalolo was talking about this during his weekly presser on Monday. Navy ranks incredibly high in the nation in time of possession. Uh, Navy is holding the ball over 36 minutes per game that ranks second nationally normally john when you've got that kind of time of possession you're winning games so that's a positive and if navy could finish drives with touchdowns that time of possession combined with the outstanding work of navy's defense will spill spell victory so i i think there is some hope here there's some positive things to build on but Tulsa also likes to possess the ball, John. They rank 19th nationally. They're averaging 32.4 minutes per game of possession. So to me, that's going to be a key element. And if both teams operate the way they want, it's going to be a short game with low possessions, which once again means Navy has to finish. You cannot keep settling for field goals. You cannot have drives in which you get into the opposing territory and then have a turnover or, or a turnover on downs or come up empty in any way, you've got to finish with touchdowns. That's the key to me, John. Yeah, and for me, and I'm going to talk like a fan really quick because I, I believe that this has relevance to the conversation um, you know, about the momentum of the team, and that is that the football that has been played and the football that's been watched so far this year has been so incredibly hard to watch. And I think that it makes the fan base very unsettled. It makes the viewers very unsettled in that you're watching a little bit of that old school football, four yards in a cloud of dust, you know, right between the tackles. Hey, 33 power right here. Hey, next play is 34 power. And I know that it's more elegant than that. And I know that there are myriad factors that go into running of the offense. And I mean no disrespect to Nehemiah or IJ or anyone involved in this. But I do believe that the time is right. The time is now for this offense to have a game that keeps people in the stands, that excites them, maybe more throwing. Just get the offense on track. You know, I remember with Malcolm Perry and particularly with Keenan Reynolds, you just didn't want to get up and get a hot dog when the offense was on the field because you were going to see something pretty badass. Now, conversely, you can see that on the defensive end. But unless you're a football purist, I don't think you're staying in the stands because you love watching good defense. So I really am looking for the offense to do something to put their mark on uh, on this particular game because Wags, they definitely, definitely need it. Um, let's talk a little bit about the uh, about the logistics. CBS is going to carry the game if you are just, you know, an election denier and someone who hates your country and you're not going to go to the game. Fine. Uh, watch it on CBS. The sweet dulcet tones of John Sadak and Randy Cross uh, will be broadcasting that. Scott Wyckoff, our friend at uh, WBAL, will do the 30-minute pregame show um, on WBAL 1090. And then you can listen to the immortal Pete Medhurst, along with Joe Miller, doing the game on the radio, along with Keith Mills, our buddy, on the sidelines, the flyover, Saturday's flyover would be two F-18 Foxtrot Super Hornets from the Gladiators of Fight Fighter Squadron 106 based out of Oceana, Virginia Beach. The lead aircraft will be flown by, speaking of awesome pilot names, 
Lieutenant William Shuttlesworth, uh, he's class of 2013. His Wizzo is Tyler Spazzato, class of 14. The wing aircraft will be flown by uh, Lieutenant Michael Fiorelli, he's class of 13, and his Wizzo is Lieutenant Wyatt Hill, he's class of 14. Wags, as we finish this off and bring everyone the weather forecast from Ava Marie, Tell us your last uh, observances. What do you think is going to happen? And what's your prediction when the final score flashes up on that uh, scoreboard? Well, first of all, uh, John, what you brought up earlier is crucial. Uh, the fans really need to get behind this team. If you want to help Navy turn around the season, keep your butts in the seats and don't leave at halftime. I received several messages from diehard Navy fans who were incredibly disappointed with the second half crowd at the last home game. A lot of people left at halftime, didn't come back. Uh, you're not helping your team, and you're not much of a fan when you're not in the stands for the second half trying to root on the team to victory. So I think that is crucial, and I really hope that the people get behind the team, you know, good or bad, uh, positive, negative, you should still support your team. They need you. Um, in terms of, uh, I'm doing a story about the offensive line, John Keenan Reynolds on the Navy football post-game report Sunday. He, he called it the offensive line has not been performing. I mean, it's just the truth. They're getting beaten at the point of attack. They're not knocking teams off the ball consistently. They have their moments, but in terms of overall consistently winning the line of scrimmage, it's not happening, but there's. Some reasons for that. Navy's young along the offensive line. Jamie Romo, uh, who is the son of Rusty Romo, the owner of Harry Browns, our friend of the pod. Uh, Jamie's been hurt. He's been replaced by Sam Glover, who's a young guy, first-year starter. Connor McMahon, who's a sophomore, is now playing left guard. I mean, he, we talked to Connor McMahon this week, and Four years ago, he was a tight end in high school. So, and he came to Navy as an offensive tackle. He was an offensive tackle up until about a month ago when he got shifted inside to guard. And then David Hickson, the center, is another young guy, first-year starter. And then on the other side, Kip Franklin and Josh Pena. And that really should be the strength of your offensive line. Those are the two veteran guys uh, who have played a lot of games. But the problem is, both of those players were coming off of off-season surgeries, and they were very limited. So the truth of the matter is that this offensive line did not get a lot of live work together in preseason camp to build chemistry. And that's what the offensive line play is all about. Chemistry, everybody knowing what they're doing, working in unison. So to me, the key to turning around the season lies with the offensive line. I have confidence that Navy has players who can run the ball and gain yards, provided that the offensive line is creating holes, winning the line of scrimmage, knocking the defense off the ball. That, to me, is the key going forward, John. And I've now heard it from you, Wags, Eric Katani, Keenan, a lot of fans, a lot of other observers, educated observers of Navy football. And the repeated theme that comes up about the offensive line is missed assignments. And yeah, this is a precise offense. It requires precise results. That's why I believe it's such a good primer for a career in the fleet, particularly as a fighter pilot or any detail-oriented job, that you have certain assignments and you've got to fulfill those assignments or you leave your teammates in a lurch. Right now, I think the running game and the option are having a hard time because of those missed assignments. So I would encourage everyone, as always, uh, when Wags' story breaks about the offensive line, you will get no better analysis. You will get no better uh, dissection of the issues that affect uh, Navy football than from Bill Wagner. And we will post that on our social media channels, as always. Wags, for me, uh, I'll repeat. I think the offense needs to do something. They need to score 28 points. They need to beat this team like 28-10. They need to keep people's asses in the seats because the football is exciting and they need to get a winning product back there on the field. I know that everyone knows that, but here as a fan and an observer of this, um, I believe that this is at a critical stage where they need to do something because some really athletic teams are waiting on the horizon 
and we're already down one in the commander in chief's trophy, we really, really do not need the season to continue with a loss on Saturday at home. Again, as you said, another loss at home. Now, when you come out there, it's going to be very autumnal. I would even say, Wags, that it's like, it's going to be like a Dead Poet Society movie out there. You know, the leaves are changing. It'll be windy. The high will be in the 50s. So I'm telling you, it's going to be an awesome time to watch football. A little crisp in the air. But for more details on that, let's talk to Ava Marie from WBAL-TV in Baltimore. She's going to give us the detailed forecast and even talk a little bit about her undefeated Kansas Jayhawk football team. So without any further ado, here's Ava Marie. I swear we were literally just complaining about the humidity and how hot it was at these games. And wow, did we flip a switch right when we started fall. Um, So that's what's going to be a lot different from this game. I guess in some ways you could call it that crisp football weather that a lot of people like about the fall. Um, So it is going to be uh, a lot cooler for the upcoming weekend game compared to the past few ones. Uh, What we are looking out with, though, is a dry trend. Uh, No rain in sight for Saturday afternoon. There's actually a possibility of some showers Friday night, but they look pretty minimal. But that's with a cold front coming in. So following that, that's when we dry out. So that's good news to have completely dry weather on Saturday for tailgating and the game. But it's going to be a lot cooler for the majority of the time that you're out there. It's probably only going to be in the 50s. Yeah. So if you haven't lived or if you don't live in this area, we have had the effects of Hurricane Ian that, you know, you've all been listening to us talk about how it affected Chris down in Florida But now it has been dumping rain on our area. We have not seen the sun in like four days. So to get back out there on Saturday after such a long break from home games and some fall weather, kind of the perfect time to break out that hot chocolate for the first time, maybe. Right, Ava? Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, you've got your jerseys, your sweatshirts. Those are going to be perfect to show off um, this weekend. And you're right. You know, we had a weekend where so many activities had to be canceled because of the weather. So we're really thankful to now get a full weekend of dry weather and a lot happening in Annapolis. I can see from our camera that we have down at the city dock that um, the, uh, the powerboat show has been setting up. So just a a big fun time to be in Annapolis because of all that going on. Yeah. Ava, Ava kind of stole the thunder there. You're coming in for reunions are coming in for the game it's also boat show so take that into consideration with your hotel accommodations take that into consideration with your social agenda friday and saturday uh down there as it is going to be busy and as always we recommend if you're down in downtown to stop by our sponsors dry 5 on main street ava as we go out i have to ask you the second most important football game on saturday is navy versus tulsa the first most important football game <laughs> undefeated Kansas against undefeated uh, TCU. I have to tell you, between you and your husband, the Kansas State grad and the KU grad, you're both 2-0 and and sitting atop the Big 12 with teams like Oklahoma way down there, teams like Baylor, middle of the pack. How satisfying is this for you as a couple of uh, Kansas and Kansas State fans? Well, it's funny because we kind of went to rivalry school, so there's always kind of a bit of that. Uh, in our household. But um, I have to say, I was asking my husband, like, how did they do this? How did they come back so well? And he says it's good coaching. I mean, this coach, uh, when did he start? I mean, he's newer. And so it's just he that's what he's attributing it to. So hey, I'll take it. Um, (laughs) Usually I just have to wait. Usually I just have to wait till basketball season. (laughs) Well, they're already talking about Coach Leopold for Kansas uh, getting uh, sniffed by Wisconsin and other bigger Ah. programs. So that's the benefit, the curse to your success. But uh, (laughs) as always, we're going to wish you luck. Hopefully you bring home a game uh, win against TCU. And then, holy cow, that KU uh, Kansas State game at the end of the year could be something to to keep an eye on. If if we see you wearing purple the next Monday after that game, we know that you might have lost an (laughs) True, yes. (laughs) Or someone (laughs) sleeping on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) All right, gentlemen, you heard it from Ava. Bring a sweatshirt. It's going to be in the 50s, but there's going to be sun. A great flyover is planned with two FA-18s. Please come out. 3.30 p.m. start. We love that start. Sunny as it starts. Dark and chillier when it's uh, Mm -hmm. it's over. In between, let's get a Navy win. Ava, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll have you back for the uh, game on the 22nd against Houston. Good luck to Navy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Ava Marie. When we come back, we are going to talk to Coach Tim O'Donohue and former 
Navy soccer player Nico West about what to expect for the Army-Navy game on Friday. This is Sing Second Sports. All right, Sing Second fans, a few announcements from our friends at the Naval Academy Athletic Association. As John and Ava just discussed, we are in the heart of fall in Annapolis. And so what does that mean? Well, it means that there are three more Navy football games this October. We've got the game against Tulsa this weekend, and then there are two additional games left in the month of October. Be sure to make it to Annapolis to see Navy football take on visiting opponents from the American Athletic Association. You can get those tickets by going to NavySports.com or calling 1-800-US-4-NAVY. And while you're on the Navy ticket website, be sure to get your season tickets for men's and women's basketball. That's right. The Mids had a great season last year. They're going to ride that success into the 2022-2023 season. And you don't want to miss a single shot. So go to NavySports.com or call 1-800-US-4-NAVY. And while you're on the website or on the phone with Matt Munley's ticket folks, be sure to get your tickets to the Veterans Classic held on November 11th at Alumni Hall. This year, Navy brings in Houston, Princeton, and St. Joe's. The event begins at 6 p.m on the 11th with a matchup between Houston and St. Joe's and then Navy takes on Princeton at 8.30. So get on over to NavySports.com or call 1-800-US-4-NAVY. Get your tickets now for all the fall action. Now back to the pod. All right. Now, Wags, the big, big game on the horizon this coming Friday is the Army-Navy star match up at Subaru Park in Philly and Chester, PA. Um, I'm going to be there 7 p.m. kick. Uh, it's going to be, yeah, as it always is, down in the muck, hard-fought match. Um, two very, very good teams uh, battling it out for the star. As you well know, we dropped the first star of the year in volleyball. We won the second one uh, through sprint football. And now this weekend, both through men's golf and through uh, men's soccer, we have a chance to get two more stars. We are so happy to be joined by former player Nico West and current coach Tim O'Donohue to talk about what you're going to see on Friday up in Chester, PA. Here's our interview with Nico and OD. First, OD, thanks for being on the pod. And what do you expect to happen on Friday? Yeah, I think it'll be a good game. I've watched a lot of Army the last couple of days. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be a good game, a close game, well played. I think they play more than they have in the past. And, you know, it should be an excellent crowd. I think it's, you know, going to be a back and forth game. And I'm excited to to get going. I wish we could play tomorrow. So if you look at the Patriot League standings, Coach, and, man, I'd be shocked if you'd ever done that. Um, you know, Colgate and Navy sit atop at 2-0-2. Lafayette and American and Army West Point nipping at the heels at 2-1-1. So although this is an early season fixture, I don't think it's hyperbole to say that Winning this game, already having like you know that game in hand or, or that win over West Point in terms of a uh, tiebreaker, kind of means a lot going forward, right? Yeah, this is an important game, just in the sense of you know every game now, the next four or five games, you know at the, at the end of the the Patriot League, you know kind of games after those five games, teams are moving up and down, so. Nico knows this, and I've I've always said it. You can't look more than one one game uh, in advance, and you know we're looking to play well one half of the time. I like the way we're playing, um, and I I I'm, I'm excited to play. I think we're going to play well. I think it's a good matchup for us, but we respect them. But I think it is a good matchup, and I think quality will prevail. So Nico, let's bring you into the conversation. You know, coach reference to you number one. Catch us up. You know, what, what happened after you graduated in 2020? But much more importantly, and answer this question first, if you can, recount your battles against Army. And what was the secret sauce to making sure that the result was the one that you wanted? So Army was always a very important game leading up to it. Everybody was really excited. Getting to play in that stadium was awesome. Going up there with all your guys, they really roll out the red carpet for you up there. I think the number one thing going into the Army game is probably to stay composed. Um, that environment, it, it was always, you you were so amazed walking into that stadium because it's something you've never played in before. And the lights were on, the the fans, there are so many fans. Every time we went, uh, really good support. 
is just keeping your nerves. Whenever I look back at my games against Army, I always remember getting a little excited. But if I could go and tell my guys going in there this weekend, just stay calm, be composed, and and really enjoy the moment. It's an awesome time. It's fun. It's one of my best memories looking back on it playing soccer at Navy. Well, for both Coach and Nico, um, Army plays a different style than Navy, I believe. And I believe it was two years ago when Army really mucked things up and you know, kind of fell defensive posture a lot. Uh, and it was, I think they got you, but then last year it was looked like it was more Navy type game. Navy wins three, nothing, obviously Navy was able to open things up and really attack. OD, can you comment about styles, a uh, contrast to styles, if there is so, mm-hmm. and then maybe Nico can kind of weigh in on that as well. Yeah. I think since the program has kind of taken off, I mean, I think since, Nico knows this from, from when we started, we we weren't doing well, then we won 15 games in a row. I think we're 37 and 15 since that we lost the army a couple of years ago and we tied, we lost, we won, right? So we won last year, three zero, but I think that the first thing is um, the, there's been a coaching change at army. So the previous coach is now Northwestern. It was a lot of pressing. It was, it was uh, very, very physical. The new coach is kind of a disciple of Notre Dame and Georgetown, and it's a little more controlled, 4-4-2, um, and he's been there the last two years. So their style has changed over the last um, two years. Um, so I think they play more possession, a little more similar to us now. Um, so I think, yeah, certainly last year we were able to take advantage of our chances, and we won 3-0. Nico's, Nico's – the year we were, I think, 10-0, and 0, we tied them. We, we actually played well. We had some good chances. We should have really won that game. And then the game we lost, they were in the last place. They hadn't won a game and in, the, in that COVID year. We went 3-1-1 one, and one in the league in that crazy COVID year and didn't make that Patriot League, um, you know, Final Four or whatever. So I th- it, it was very strange, you know, with that spring with COVID, and we ended up that, that was disappointing. We just really, to be honest, we, we didn't play well. So that's the one game I think Nico would agree with. We'd like to have back. And then a couple months later, we won three, nothing. The first text I got after we won was from Nico and the seniors that had graduated because they were part of that win last year. And I know they were really excited for us because that was a disappointing uh, end to their year. And they were, they were a part of that team last year. And and I think I, I had them on uh, FaceTime. We had them on FaceTime in the locker room after last year. Um, but it's going to be a difference. St- I think Army, I think the matchup's a little different than it was a couple, you know, the last couple of years. Again, they're more, con- they're in control. And I, I think it's a better matchup for us in this game because it's less frenetic the way they play now. But, you know, we'll see. Nico, did you want to weigh in about the way Army tends to play? I mean, is it physical? Uh, I imagine it gets pretty physical in these games. Yeah, it was always very physical. And when you're down there on that field, there's so much emotion going into the Army-Navy game. Um, From the four years that I played Army, it always seemed like the style of play kind of always went out the window because everybody's emotions were ramped so high and everybody wanted to win because whether you're on Army or Navy, the game means so much. But I thought it was really interesting to see um, when I started playing at Navy, I started and when we first, when I was a freshman, um, OD came to the program and we had, a, we had a lot of work to do. And so as the year has gone on, uh, we definitely became a better soccer team. Um, and my, my final year, my senior year, we tied them zero to zero. That was a really disappointing game because we had just coming off uh, beating Virginia that year in an exhibition. Uh, we had a lot of good games. We also beat NC State. So we're like, okay, this is finally our year. We're going to get the, we're going to win the game. And um, we had a lot of COVID breaks that year. I think before we played the army game, we were in like a month and a half stand down where we couldn't (laughs) play soccer at all. And that was probably one of the most frustrating teams because um, that was definitely that, that senior year was the best team I had played for in my Navy Smith soccer career. And, but if you see the style of play change over the years, we got better and better every year. So I was watching as a fan last year and just seeing those guys absolutely dominate. Jacob Williams had three goals and everyone else just seemed to play really well. It, it meant a lot to me because it was the hard work that uh, myself and all the other seniors and all the other players before me put, put in. And, and 
change that pro it felt like we won the game last year i was so excited for those guys the only thing i wish is i would have been in the locker room afterwards to celebrate with them it was it, it was awesome seeing those guys hold up the army navy cup it was it was amazing so od i know this is a really cool event and you know nico has talked about how enjoyable it is to play up at the big pro stadium in front of a large crowd but there are some of us who we have to cover football on saturday and would like to see an Army Navy game back in Annapolis someday. I mean, where is this a never-ending contract, or is there going to be a time when this game gets back on campuses? I've been asked that question a couple of times this week, but I, I think it's one of those things that it's a you look at the the pros and the cons, and and obviously the pro is it's a great environment, it's a, it's a great experience for the players. It's the it's the leading it should be the the highest attended game in college soccer this year potentially. You know, I think we may have, it depends on kind of what happens out in the West Coast, a couple of those, those games. But so it's, it's a wonderful game. Now that the counterpoint, of course, is, you know, when women's soccer plays Army here, it's a fantastic atmosphere. And I know a lot of folks maybe don't make that trip to, to Philly because, you know, listen, weekends are busy in the fall, family, children and things going on. So I think it's, it is one of those things. I think you know, I think we're on, we have a couple more years in the contract, but it's something Chet and I have talked about in Eric Rudin and we recognize kind of the, the pros and cons of it. Um, now you, you don't only host though, but you got to go to army as well. So, you know, could it be, Hey, army one year, Philly in Annapolis. Yeah. The difficulty of that is how the contract goes. Right. So, and, and of course that's, that's Chet. Um, that's Chet's call not mine. Well, as a fan, I would say one year at Audi Field, you know, one year uh, in Philly, maybe one year up at, you know, the Red Bulls field. I don't know. We we know a guy who plays for the Red Bulls, right? Maybe he can uh, maybe he can pull some strengths. I think wherever you win is the best place to be, right? So I think we saw I think we saw the excitement when we won, and and of course you, the devastation when you lose this game is is. Um, wherever you are it's 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 one of those games that that certainly the the players and the coaches really want to win for their institution for their alum and i think nico is right on it's it's one of those things that i think it's disingenuous to say it's just another game because it's not to to, but it's also you have to keep your you got to try to keep your cool and that is um that's something that I think experience matters in this game, you know, with players. So, but, but I think it's, it's all points well taken. And and I've certainly heard from a lot of people, this, the same sentiments. Well, before Wags asks his last question, I'll, I'll put this in where you've been happiest winning this year is on the road. Yeah. Uh, After beating St. Joe's to open the year, it has not been a great situation with two losses and four ties at home. So Hey, kind of good news to get on the road up to Philly to play Army there and then to uh, roll right back into Lehigh uh, on Saturday the 15th. I I know you mentioned that this is not only a critical game for the star, but a critical game in the Patriot League. How do you see kind of the Patriot League shaking out from here? The other team atop the fixture or atop the table with you, uh, BU, uh, you tied or Colgate, you tied 1-1. You also tied BU 1-1. Yeah, how, how do you see this season shaking out? Is it going to be more parity-based, or do you see other teams along with you separating themselves? Yeah, I, I think the home thing, right, I'm big into numbers. I, I try to get all those home games, and then we go undefeated on the road, right? So, right, that's a good job by me. Uh, but uh, I think the one thing to think about is we haven't lost a game since September 2nd. So when we lost, we started one and two, you know, we had Ayamo out, Jackson out, Quelio out for that second game. Um, played, I think, four or five freshmen. So it's... And then we're on an eight game, uh, I think, on beaten streak, seven or eight. So without the overtime, you know, there, there's there's more ties across the board or draws. So now that being said, I we want to make this a fortress for the next five or six games at home because I was disappointed that we didn't that we didn't uh, win those two patiently games. But I think, it, you know, the bottom line is, you know, it's like that Hoosiers, right? The field is, you know, the it's 10 feet, you know, it's 10 feet to the same in soccer. It's the, the crowd is one thing that where you are, but it's about the field. It's, it's, it's 120 by 75. It's between the lines. It's how you play. 
and you got to put the crowd away. And I think, you know, that's, that's the bottom line, wherever you play, it's about the players making plays. And, you know, we play our best, our best two games were at BU probably at Lafayette. And um, although I did think we played well at BU. So I was, I was disappointed not to, because I thought we played good stuff. Um, and I think we're starting to really play getting Ayama back. We're starting it. We've outpossessed every team we played except one. Um, but now with Ayama getting more more shots, creating more chances. And I think this team is going to peak in the next three or four weeks because we're healthy. We're, we're starting one senior. So you have a lot of young players that are, that have now had meaningful minutes. Uh, so I think we're, I think we're trending in the, in the right direction. Yeah. And Ayama coming back played a huge role, obviously against BU getting the tying goal. Wags, any last questions? Well, yeah, coach. I mean, Pierce Holbrook's been very good in the net for you all season. Um, he did not play against BU. I know you don't want to give away Intel in case our friends from army are snipping on this pod, trying to find out what they can learn. But I mean, are you able to say that it will Pierce be yeah, available? He's a go. We, I was just being cautious, not playing him at BU. Uh, he's a go. He trained yesterday. He looked good. But, yeah, he's – listen, he's a big part of what we're doing because, you know, earlier in the year, you know, we're losing the seat of losing Collins, you know, kind of a, new, a bit of a, a new back line. That's what a good goalkeeper can do, right? He can, he can kind of make that timely save. And Pierce is really, really good. I mean, not just because he's 6'5". I mean, he's a he's a very very special player, um, and I would say out of you know some of the players I've had in my six years at Navy, he's trending to be you know he does he does things that I think are very unique. When we were in Scotland, the one of the teams there, my one of my friends was a GM. He said, "Hey, can we keep him here?" I'm like, "No, he can't keep him here." Um, I mean, but that's the type of kid he is. He's got this. Six five range. He could get the low ball. Good feet. Makes timely saves. I mean, so I'm excited to have him for the next two years as well. And last for me, Nico. I mean, just following from afar, looking at box scores, maybe highlight clips that might be posted, or even if you've been able to actually catch a game video wise. Who are some of the guys that are impressing you? Uh, Baba Kali has stepped up and had played pretty well so far this season. Coach mentioned Ayama. Um, we, you know, we know about Wagner as a good player. Uh, wh who, who's impressing you so far from Navy soccer? Yeah, I was I was watching all the games. I recently uh, PCSed up here because I had a recent change of command. I'm working at Naval Public Affairs Element East. And um, so I wasn't able to watch any of the games during that time period. Um, but when I was, uh, David Jackson obviously has gone on a scoring streak this past couple of games. Uh, Baba early on in the year had a great couple of goals. I actually, whenever I'm watching the game, I'll record them and send them to him. And I was like, hey, that was awesome. Um, and J.D. Wagner in the back has had a great season so far. And I've also really, I was really impressed with Sam Creel early on in the season. He had that great goal. Um, he's also a great guy on top of that. But the team is looking really, really good, re really athletic. There's a lot of faces out there that I don't recognize because incoming freshmen or sophomores that I haven't been able to meet yet. Uh, but the team looks really good. They look really dynamic, and I'm excited what they see, uh, what I see them do this weekend. And Nico, I'll you know you you said that where you're working at the Navy Public Affairs Support Element, you know I'm very happy to report to our listeners as a former PAO myself that you are now a Navy Public Affairs Officer. Uh, so we could not be more proud of you about that. I'll end kind of mushy here. Um, OD said that he's had a slew of very special players in the last six years. I know that you're one of them. Um, I know that you were a great benefactor of his coaching, particularly when you battled through what was probably long COVID and a lot of, a lot of physical issues that impacted your senior season. Talk to me a little bit about what that relationship with Coach OD meant to you, what the physical mission did to prepare you for where you are today now a public affairs officer you know at the support element in norfolk if it says anything about our relationship i'm inviting od to my wedding this july so no pressure od but oh, you right, can't wait. Invite. um but od is a very special coach and i don't think our team would have been able to achieve the things that that they did without him he's he's a player's coach you know um if you'd have seen me coming in my freshman year, if you were watching from the sidelines, you would have probably thought that 
whether it was academically or athletically at the academy, I wouldn't have been able to make it. But, you know, thankfully, OD saw through that um, and he kept his belief in me. And I, I, I think I turned ended up being a decent player for Navy men's soccer. But it was all because OD had the confidence and belief to keep me in the program, uh, to push me every day. And the reason I, coming to practice every day was so enjoyable is because I had a coach like OD. Um, it, it really meant a lot when I was able to play well for him and also play well for my teammates. And going along with the physical mission, uh, we just had a team that was so dedicated to success, whether it was on the field, off the field, in the classroom. Um, it just kind of became a mentality. Everyone was pushing themselves to be better. Um, outside of practice, you had guys doing their own things. We always wanted to be one step ahead of the competition and make ourselves that 1% better every single day. So once soccer ended, that still carried forward into my life. It was kind of a mindset that I carried forward. Um, so when it comes to the Navy, the PRT wasn't just a check in the box. It wasn't something that I had to just do and get over with. It's something that I wanted to maximize every time I wanted to do my best on. And, and that came from guys on the team pushing me to be at that level. That was expected on the team. That was expected by coach. If you came in and you were physically fit, um, that was a lifestyle that that we chose. So um, it's definitely played a big role in my personal life. Um, and it helped me become not only better physically, but a, I, I would say a better man or a better officer in general. So, Well, Nico, I'm going to give OD the last word, but everyone knows that he's just a sandbagger. His ability to dance the Macarena at weddings <laughs> is world renowned. You're just getting him in there for the entertainment factor. We all know that. But OD, in all seriousness, what's it like to coach young men like Nico who go out in the fleet and do such great things for this country? I know that we ask this all the time, but, you know, you and I have both followed Nico with with great interest and, and he's doing great things, but he's just one of many that you've coached. How satisfying is that for you? Yeah, well, when I can continue the relationship and now that I've been here seven years and I can see what they do after that. That kind of has been enjoyable for me the last couple of years because that's what I had. I was a head coach for a long time with Stevens and it's the relationships after that, that mean a lot to me, but Nico, he sells himself short. I mean, he, he's probably the fastest guy. And we, and to be honest, I'm on the lookout for another Nico because he, he could get behind physical and fantastic finisher. We help, we help put it, put it all together for him. And truthfully, he I think he did have long COVID his senior year. We played six games that year, seven. He had the game winner against UVA. I think a full season that year, I think he has 12, 13 goals. And that, that's, a, that's a regret I think that group has because that that group, um, that team was, I think, maybe the best group we've had in some ways. Um, but Nico's, you know, just as coaching is not just about wins and losses. Nico was at my house on Christmas a couple of years ago. Um, he's someone that, Sometimes you think Navy, um, w when you're a civilian like I was, you come here and you're not sure what the students are going to be like. Nico had a smile every time he walked in the building, made me laugh, smile. I'm an intense guy, and I laughed more with him in, in four years than, than any player I've ever had. And and I, you know, and he knows that I care about him deeply. But also, you know, Nico, he he stuck with the program. He stuck with me, and he was loyal to me and the staff. Because we started when he got here, we, we, we just, for whatever reason, transition, you know, figuring it out, we, we weren't very good. And then I think we were one in 14. And then we literally rolled. I think we won 40 out of something ridiculous. And, and I, 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 Nico and his class, Andrew Hopkins, and, and uh, it was Hop in your, I think Hop was actually a year older, but it was Hop and Nico and that whole group. Um, they, they were just amazing, but it's, it's an honor to, to coach guys like Nico. And, um, it's more than winning and losing, you know, it's more than beating army. It's the relationships. And that's why I do this. I mean, of course I love winning, but it's, um, that's, that's why you, you do this. It's the friendships, the relationships, the people you influence. And hopefully that all comes through on Friday with a big W against army. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Lieutenant Junior Grade, I believe now, Nico West and Tim O'Donohue uh, getting us ready for the Army game on Friday. I'll be bringing the Instagram live throughout and hopefully we bring home the star. Nico and Coach, thank you for being on the Sing Second Sports Podcast. Thank you. Thank All you right. so much. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to break when we come back. Wags and I will take this out. 
Sing Second Sports. And this podcast and all of our efforts to support it are not possible without the support of our sponsor. First and foremost, thank you to Scott Shooter, realtor and crew in Annapolis. Scott is the best of the best in Annapolis if you need a home. If you're PCSing to or from Annapolis, Scott is your man. Thank you to Academy Securities and Navy football alum Phil McConkie. Speaking of football alums, thank you to Tom Lynch and New Day USA Mortgage. If you're a veteran in need of a mortgage, you should be using New Day USA, period. Thank you to Scott Melamed and ProMD Health. Do you have crow's feet? Has your skin aged because of the sun exposure Ava Marie and I were talking about earlier in this podcast? ProMD Health in Annapolis has you covered. And thank you so much to Dry 85 and Red Red Wine Bar in Annapolis. We are entering football season, so if you need a drink before your reunion, if you need to check out the best burger in Annapolis, if you'd like just a great glass of wine before you head out on the town, Dry 85 and Red Red Wine Bar on Main Street in Annapolis are your places to hit. And now back to the pod. All right, Wags, awesome conversation with the uh, men's soccer leadership. Without any further BS, let's talk about what's coming up this weekend. We mentioned Navy men's golf playing at Army. Really cool golf course if you've never played the Army West Point golf course up there on the banks of the Hudson. But starting on Friday morning at 0830 and going into Saturday, Navy men's golf takes on the Black Knights. Best of luck to new coach Jimmy Stobbs as he tries to get you know, he tries to go one for one and getting stars. And really, that's all that matters. We mentioned men's soccer versus Army at Subaru and Philly at 7 p.m. Tune in for that. What else is going on this weekend? Women's soccer has a big one at Lehigh Friday at 5 p.m. They need that in order to solidify their place in the top four and be able to play in the Patriot League tournament. Good luck to Karen Gabera and them. Volleyball, can they continue their hot slate? On Friday, they play Colgate in Annapolis at 6 p.m., get out there and support them. And then they turn around and get on the road and drive up to Lewisburg on Sunday to take on Bucknell. Two more opportunities for Paco Labrador's ladies to do some good things. And also sprint football is under the lights at Navy Marine Corps versus Cornell Friday night at 7 p.m. What else is happening on Saturday and Sunday? Swimming and diving. Uh, They are hosting Boston College and and Penn State starting at 11 a.m. That's men's swimming and Women's swimming and diving. Men's rugby, undefeated men's rugby, takes on Penn State out there at Greenberry Point at high noon. And water polo, they really need some results here in conference. They have two big conference games on Saturday against Gannon and Mercyhurst. And then on Sunday, they take on McKendry and Salem. Uh, they, they are in a position now. They need to finish top eight to play in this tournament, and they need to get all four of these wins. Good luck to them. Offshore sailing is out in Larchmont, uh, New York. That ought to be windy and chilly. Good luck to them uh, in the uh, Tri-Sail Club Intercollegiate Offshore Regatta. Intercollegiate sailing is at the Co-Ed Atlantic Coast Championship at Kings Point and also the Tom Curtis Regatta in Alexandria, Virginia. Women's golf goes down to Kitty Hawk, North Carolina to play in the JEL Outer Banks Intercollegiate. And they're also at the Jackson T. Stevens Cup in Juneau Beach, Florida. A lot of travel for women's golf coming off of their victory in the Navy Invitational. Women's tennis is out in San Diego. No rain or crap out there. They're playing in the San Diego Veterans Tennis Classic all weekend. And men's tennis is in the Richmond Invite in Richmond. And also they have a contingent out there in San Diego as well. Um, And, of course, Navy football against Tulsa. Wags, before we go out, I'll let you have the last word. Uh, anything that we missed and anything else that we should be reading about uh, from you in the Capitol? Well, you uh, started to do some BZs, and we were going to mention some people that have received honors. Mia Claire Cazell was the runner of the week, the Patriot League cross-country rookie of the week for uh, women's cross-country. Um, Tatum Kelly uh, was recognized as the Patriot League Defensive Player of the Week for Women's Soccer. So congratulations to Tatum. So, uh, you know, always some good things happening with the weekly award winners, and we like to get those mentioned on the pod. Yeah, you talked about it, Wags. Like, Kiesel has all the appearances now of being, you know, really stud runner for them. Uh, you continue to see her name uh, being selected as the Rookie of the Week. It's the third time this season for her, so obviously – 
she's got it going on. I'd be remiss if I didn't say that Navy returns to action on Saturday, October 15th to take on Army in the star meet. That's next weekend, October 15th. So make sure you come out to the USNA cross-country course to support them. I talked about Red Hot Volleyball. Jordan Llewellyn, she earned a pair of weekly accolades following her efforts and all the victories that they had against Lafayette and Lehigh. She was selected as both the Naval Academy Athletic Association Athlete of the Week and as the Patriot League Player of the Week. So obviously, Jordan Llewellyn, she has put that team on her back, and they are winning. And I'm telling you, that's pretty awesome. And you mentioned Tatum Kelly. You know, her goal was huge in that come comeback win over Colgate. You know, let's see what uh, what they can do in order to keep the good times rolling. And Wags, I know you got to go. You've got the Brian Newberry press conference coming up. But we also know that you, EK, and Keenan are going to be breaking down the game later on in the week. What do you expect them to focus on to get a win on uh, Saturday against Tulsa? Well, John, we'll be taping uh, Thursday night, as always, and that pod will be available on Friday, the Navy football podcast. It'll be the Tulsa preview edition. We'll have an alumni spotlight segment with a former Navy football player as well. Um, I think I'm going to be asking Eric and Keenan what they feel needs to happen to get the offense going. Uh, you know, if they let them put their offensive coordinator hats on, and if they were Ken Niamatololo, Ivan Jasper, Ashley Ingram, and the rest of the offensive staff, what would they be focusing on? What elements do they like of what they've seen so far in Navy's offense? What elements do they think should be scrapped? Um, that's kind of what we're going to talk about is, you know, diagnosing the offense and what they think would be the best way to get things fixed. All right, Wags, I can't wait to listen. As you know, I'm a fan and a proprietor. So for Bill Wagner and Chris Cervello, I am John Schofield. Thank you for listening to Sing Second Pod this week. Thank you to Tim O'Donohue and Nico West for joining us. And thank you to NAAA for all of their support. And lastly, thank you to our great sponsors, New Day USA, Dry 85, Scott Shooter, Shrek, Realtor and Crew. Also, our friends at Academy Securities. And for all the fans out there, thank you for supporting Sing Second Sports. We'll see you next week. We are out. Thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of podcast segments.